I did have a bit about, um, it was called uh, A Chaplain Walks Into a Bar. People understand that, you know, there, this is something that's unprecedented, something that we've never seen before. And there's still a lot of questions. There's certainly a lot of fear. Welcome to the Aloha Friday podcast, coming from the Landsberg Law Office in the historic penthouse suite of the Executive Center in downtown Honolulu. Here we talk to the most interesting people we know, from current events to how they got to where they are to how they see the world. And now, your co-hosts of the Aloha Friday podcast, Marcus Landsberg and Naomi Cooper Christensen. Today we're going to talk to a very good friend of mine. His name is Anthony Solano. He works as a chaplain and plays a, as a comedian and a singer-songwriter. He met his wife, Christy, in Chicago, and they've lived in Honolulu, Portland, Oregon. And now they have both a Chihuahua, Dez, and a daughter, Naomi, who they chase around Santa Rosa, California. Anthony is well known for his stand-up, and we'll put the links in the uh, comments on the uh, webpage where we put up the, the podcast. But you can also see him in his web series called Drive-By Blessing, which I find very amusing. We'll talk to him about in a bit. And then he also plays in both a punk and a ska band as the singer. And recently he's had reunions of it both bands. Is it both bands, Anthony, that you've had reunions of? Both bands, yep. Wow. I want to say thank you and welcome to our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Tell me the best stand-up joke you've ever told. <laughs> The best stand-up joke I've ever told. Oh, man, that's the best, bar none. I don't want the second best joke. I want not not the one you still deliver, the one that's on the first album, Library Mafia. What's the best joke you were able to tell? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, Marcus. The best joke. I want to transfer immediately into that. As we know, comedy is very subjective. So what I think is the best joke. <laughs> what you might will not think is the best be joke, we will think is the best joke. The best joke. Well, We will support you in that. Okay, well, I will tell you one of my favorite jokes. And, and it has to do with this whole... So even up till now, like a huge challenge, of course, is crossing both worlds. Okay. So you've got the chaplaincy, you've got the comedy. And so I've always been curious and have played around with the idea of how to, you know, bring more of my, what I do in both directions, what I do in chaplaincy, how I can bring more comedy to chaplaincy and how I can bring more chaplaincy to comedy. So I did have a bit about, um, it was called, uh, a chaplain walks into a bar and, um, it was uh, I like it already. No, I would I would I would say I would say um you know that I work as a hospital chaplain that's my day job and so I said yes I'm a chaplain that does comedy so you can say I spend a lot of time in quiet rooms <laughs> and so that was that was one of my favorite jokes probably not my one of my best jokes but I just that's- like it because because I, you know, it was finally I, I could bridge the gap between, you know, bringing chaplaincy into the comedy world. So I feel and like I'm still that's very a joke curious. That, I feel like that's a joke that plays very well to comedians. 
Yes, yes. Well, I feel like that would almost play to comedians better than the, the human beings. Yes, the well, yeah. we've all been in... Qu- anybody that has attempted comedy <laughs> knows the power of silence. <laughs> there was, one time, about, there was one time I was performing at Anna's in in Honolulu, and I told okay. a joke, and it was... I mean, it was just like... So quiet. And, and the room was pretty full. It was so quiet. And I, I just stopped and I said, wow, that is just, you could meditate to this silence. I mean, it was oh, just, you no. could do yoga to this. So it was just so silent. Like nobody knows silence like a comedian and a chaplain. <laughs> 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 it's all there. How do you recover from something like that when it is silent, when there is nobody to save you from that right disastrous feeling? Honestly, like in those moments, your your jokes become refined. I've, I've heard it said before that the audience <laughs> is your best friend. The audience oh. is your best friend. So you know, you know, if if you, especially if you attempt something a few times and you're met with that eerie silence, you know, you have to tweak something. Otherwise, it's not. Otherwise, you're probably going to hear that silence again. Right. So it's a good writing tool. how long did this take you i think in terms of you know how many how many sessions did you go through how many how many stand-up moments did you have to go through to get to the place where you felt like i know what i'm doing like you officially oh man right how long did that take years was that a few months what was that well i can't honestly say that i even now know (laughs) what i'm doing i don't know if you ever really know what you're doing but you just, you know, I think it's just, you just get up there oh. and, and try different things and see how the audience reacts. And it's all about just refinement, 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 editing. There's so much editing and, and just, so yeah, you know, I, I think you just have to keep, keep at it. You know, it's an art form that you write in front of an audience, which is just, I mean, you know, having done songwriting too, where you can just be alone with your notebook and edits in the comfort of your own home. It's so different to be in a live situation where you're creating in front of people and getting the reaction, whether it's good or bad in the moment. So as a comedian, so. when you stand up, are you a hundred percent pre-written? Are you someone who does crowd work? How do you work out the balance? That's a great question. I definitely pre-write everything, but I have loved, loved, loved the moments where it goes off the rails. Some of the moments. Some of the moments. <laughs> Not all of the moments. <laughs> but those, I, I really feel like the, that's where the magic is when you can go just, when somebody says something and you can react to it, that takes you in a different direction. I remember, man, there was one time. Give it to me. I did, I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of great shows with uh, Comedy U, Jose Dynamite, Patrick Tyrell, and um, they of course. Jose Dynamite, great- who's also been on our podcast. If you guys have a chance, listen to episode number eight. <laughs> Jose Dynamite, Hawaii comedian, cracks us up. Oh, all right, he's definitely he's not a chaplain, though. His his words are completely <laughs> opposite of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <He's-> <laughs> 
which is which is good to hear because it means you have a very open mind. So even though you know you are in the religious world, you have a very open spirit. If that's the kind of um, crowd that you're hanging with, that says a lot about you. I think that's more relatable. You know, it's the same with the comedy world. You just get to meet <laughs> so many people that are just. You know, so different that everybody, you know, they, I, I'm just fascinated with, you know, you get, you know, 20 comedians in the room and, you know, ev- everybody has a different style. Everybody has a different slant on, we could all be talking about the same thing and you'd have, you know, 20 different bits just based on, you know, just people's different perspectives and the different ways that they look about things at things. So, you know, that's what really fascinates me about both worlds. Awesome. And Naomi, how many Christian uh, chaplains do you meet who have performed Jewish weddings? So when you talk to people <laughs> with open minds, <laughs> Anthony has got to be there up at the top. So I do want to transfer into that a little bit. How many weddings have you performed? Because I know that's also something you do besides performing on stage as a rock star, performing uh, on stage as a comedian, and performing for your wife. How many weddings have you performed? <laughs> Rock star would be a, a loose definition of rock star, but ve- ve- weddings. Oh man, you know I've done so many weddings. I think I think I'm over thirty weddings at this point. Naomi wants to hear about what your favorite one was. She wants to hear you describe your favorite one, how that went down. My favorite wedding. <laughs> well, first of all, okay, so there's been a number of great weddings through the history of time. One has left them all in the dust, left them all behind. Tell Naomi about that one. By far. Well, we all know that when we hang out with Marcus, like it's less of somebody asking you to hang out and it's more of a summons. You're getting summoned to hang out with somebody. There's a little little bit of the obligation. Right. I don't know anything about that. You're getting Mm -hmm. a summons. You get a text that says, what are we doing tonight? Before you even know that you're hanging out with them. So what I did, what I did the Landsberg wedding, it was pretty similar in that I believe I was asked no less than 48 hours before the appointed time. And we, so I was summoned to uh, Tantalus in a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful view on Tantalus. And you know, that, Honestly, honestly, though, joking aside, definitely, definitely one of my favorite weddings that I've ever been a part of. Because five minutes into it, I mean, it was just so beautiful. We were just gathered around. Five minutes into it, it starts to rain. (laughs) And every, you know, we just went with it, you know? Everybody came to Yoshiko's Rescue with an umbrella, and we just, you know, we just went for it. And it was one of the most magical weddings i've ever seen and not and a very uh romantic gesture by the groom i must say when the ring was delivered in a what looked like a ups delivery but i it was probably (laughs) (laughs) so his bride got the ring she was wanting and just the i'll never forget the look on her face was just so just so amazing and it was beautiful it was a beautiful wedding we were soaked we were all like kind of huddled in a circle and 
I think it was you kind so of happy. undersold the rain. When you said it started raining, sounds like it was like a drizzle or it was <laughs> like, you know, God blessing us with some light uh, dew. Dew no, was, it was not what happened that night. No, no. <laughs> the heavens parted and These the rains. <laughs> yeah. The rains. Yeah. Yes. It was a this storm. Was, it was a rainstorm. There have been time monsoons that have been lighter than this. This was, uh, and the wind, yeah, this was as close to a flood as you could get. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it suits you though. It suits you, Marcus. I think that was like a Landsberg entry. If there was a a statement that needed to be made, right? If there was a last chance for God to send me a message saying, wash this away now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I loved it. Okay. You're okay. like we're getting we're getting married in two days, rain or shine, and we made it happen. It was beautiful. Awesome. It was. It was a very beautiful moment. And I appreciate you very much being a part of that. Oh man. Thank you. It was an honor. But it was me, great. I mean, it was fun. That was not the purpose of your of your first meet, right? I mean, you knew him before then, correct? This is like a long time. No, I, I probably wouldn't have been married if he didn't offer to do the wedding, honestly. Because he's like, you know, if you want to get married, I could do that. But he didn't know it was going to be like... And then I was like... <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. And it was like, well, if you want to get married, no. I can do that. And I was like, well, if you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have someone I know. Like, I don't want someone I don't know to screw it up. I know at least you will, you know, say what I need you to say kind of stuff. Not make a, not make a joke out of it. Cause I know you can't, you won't be funny when we do it. That's what I was thinking. Right. So, well, you know, <laughs> it was a wonderful kind of uh, moment. <laughs> We've talked a lot about, uh, your comedy career and your history. Um, I want to ask you a question drawing from your chaplain background. And, and we don't, we, we've, we've made a decision consciously not to make our show about like what's going on with COVID-19. But yeah. Um, is that going on in your hospital? Is there, are you guys being affected by that in your chaplaincy now? It is, it is going on and it has had an extreme effect on both my work and my wife's work. My wife is a nurse practitioner at another hospital here in, in Santa Rosa, California. And yes, yes. So are you meeting victims and their families? Personally? We are. Yes, we are. But we're doing, of, of course, you know, now with everything that's going on, we're, we're doing a lot of, check-ins by phone and video Mm. conference so we're actually we're not allowed to make in-person visits at this time so this is really interesting the the i come from a really um religious background i was raised very strict christian and i had to memorize you know the bible before we were able to graduate from like a certain school and um i actually my my first boyfriend was the pastor's son so i'm very familiar with the amount of kind of pro bono, the pro bono work that you're doing and all of the connections that you kind of are expected to do without pay or without, you know, really knowing anyone. And a lot of it is your physical presence matters. I think, I think that um, from what I've seen, there's, there's a lot of, you know, um, teachings about, you know, hands, laying hands on people and right. And being able to feel energy or to expel energy or having the power of 
um, in-person prayer or the group gatherings, right? The physical um, being being in the same place together, right? There's a lot of that kind of talk in a lot of religions. And how is that coming to play here? Like, are you seeing people's faith staying strong even with the distancing? Or is this something that's a challenge where you're having to, you know, kind of bring in an extra, an extra, um, you know, oomph into this um, type of, you know, experience? That's a great question. Yeah, you know, we really, this is really rocking a lot of people's lives, you know, and it's, and it's shaking, it's shaking people's faith. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, you know, um, another thing that's great about chaplaincy is that we all bring, you know, our, whatever, our personal religious tradition and, and what we find meaningful into our practice. And, you know, certainly what you're saying about presence, it's, it's huge. And, you know, a, a big thing that I learned in my residency at Queens was, you know, how to, how to, to bring that presence and how to be a friend and not a fixer, you know, to, to just mm. bring the presence, to give people space to validate their feelings and give them space to share, you know? And, and so what I'm finding, you know, being limited and actually being with people in person is that, you know, it, it, especially this last week, what I found is that people really appreciate you reaching out to them, that there's an understanding that, that we are limited at this time, there's an understanding that you can't be there in person, but to reach out and call somebody on the phone or to reach out and make contact in any way that you can seems to be going an extra mile these days. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's my, that's one of my, you know, main encouragements for, for people that, that inquire about how to help people at this time is not to, not to forget, you know, the power of just reaching out in ways that you can, because people appreciate it. People understand that, you know, there, this is something that's unprecedented, something that we've never seen before. And there's still a lot of questions. There's certainly a lot of fear. And so just to reach out in any way that you can has proven to be qu quite powerful and has opened up conversations that that uh, might not have even taken place if I was there in person. So, <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's been really interesting. I, you know, I really had a lot of reservations about it. Just, what do you mean? Just wondering, you know, how it was going to play out. You know, feeling that limitation that, you know, if I can't be there in person, well, I mean, how is this even going to go? Is it, is it even going to... Right, Is it even going to be worth reaching out, but no, I found that it, it's you know there's that understanding and that people are really open just to and and appreciative of just receiving whatever you can give at this time. So, would you say be a friend and not a fixer? Would that be your advice to us when we have friends and family going through hard times in the near future? Because it looks like it's going to get worse at least in the next two weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And, you know, I would say, you know, definitely look, look for ways that you can be helpful. And, but there's just so much, you know, whether, in, in, especially in this situation, there's just so much that we, we can't fix. And, and it's hard when you just so desperately want to, to fix whatever it is your loved one is going through. But to really focus on just being supportive in whatever way that you can at this point and not to be weighed down by the limitations because there, there is so many limitations that we've never had to deal with before. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, just to, just to really give them space, you know, to, to, you know, first of all, just to validate whatever it is your loved one is going through, you know, if they're scared. If they say I'm scared, you know, just validate that. You could say, yeah, this is, you know, this is a tough situation. I think anybody would be scared in this situation. You know, could you share more with me about your fears? You know, to first validate what they're going through and then give them space to share more, I think, you know, is such a powerful way to be present with somebody. So be a friend and not a fixer. Validate their feelings and then give them space to share. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah well thanks anthony i appreciate your time taking the time with us today i appreciate the Thank roller coaster you. you took us on we started from the greatest <laughs> joke you ever told oh, and man. ended with uh you know giving people space to share which is advice i'm going to keep and i'm going to sp- implement and hopefully share as much as i can and oh, to, to fix awesome. everyone's problems so i'm going to share it as much as i can to fix other people so <laughs> Thank You're you very, use, very much for your time. And not a fixer to be a fixer. Is that yes. I'll be the there friend to be the fixer, okay? We'll do, okay. That's what you get with the Aloha Friday podcast every week. You <laughs> tune into us. You get Naomi, your friend, and Marcus, your fixer. Thank you very much, Anthony. And we'll look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you.